Next, next one. So you can see here again, it's, it's interesting how much of a contrast that is. Next picture. Again. As he rose, now uh, this is from 1 Kings. Do we have any other um, texts in the Bible that talk about Mount Sinai? This is one of them that does. Um, this is when Elijah was fleeing Jezebel. And Elijah rose and did not eat and drink, and he went into the strength of that food 40 days and 40 nights into Horeb, the mount of God. And he came thither unto a cave and lodged there. And behold, the word of Jehovah came to him, and he said unto him, What doest thou here, Elijah? Next picture. So what they did is, these are the two guys. They found a cave here. Okay, and go ahead and show another picture. And this is sort of looking out. Interestingly enough, they say, I mean, I have trusting their word on that, that there is no cave on the other Mount, Mount Sinai, okay? There's no cave on the, the traditional Mount Sinai. Okay, let's continue on. Behold, I will stand before thee there upon the rock in Horeb, and thou shalt smite the rock, and there shall come water out of it, and the people may drink. And Moses did so in the sight of the elders of Israel. Interesting uh, term, words he uses here. He says, the rock. It doesn't say a rock in Horeb. He says the rock in Horeb. Now, you know, I would sort of uh, explain this. When you go to the Grand Canyon, what do they call it? I'm going to Grand Canyon. No, I'm going to the Grand Canyon, okay? When you put the in there, it means it is, nothing surpasses it. It's the Grand Canyon. We serve the Lord our God, okay? So when you put the, it just heightens it. So, so anyway, what they found there, Took pictures of it. Next slide, Matt. Okay, so here's, here's, here's Mount Sinai. They, so they say, here is Rock of Horeb. They say, here's what they found. They have a rock sticking up. It's literally probably, I think, about five stories high. And this is what they call Jabal El Laws in the background. Okay, so it's huge, and it's split down the middle. So, I mean, it's, you can see it for miles. Go ahead and hit the next picture. This is a different view of it. <coughs> and uh, they say that there's evidence, evidence of water erosion. You know, I'm, I, I'm taking their word for it. Um, and there's another picture there. <coughs> I don't know what this is, um, recent or not, but you can see the rock in the background. And so um, it's interesting that that sort of fits the narrative, at least their narrative. And keep in mind, what I'm doing is I'm giving you the hypothesis here, uh, the evidence they found. I'm not, I'm not, not the word, the last word. But uh, Jabal el-Laz is certainly a big candidate to be the Mount Sinai. Go to the next picture. Okay, it says this. And if thou make me an altar of stone, thou shalt not build it of hewn stones. For if thou lift up thy tool upon it, thou hast polluted it. So what does he want to do? He says, if you're going to make me an altar, don't use cut stones. Use the regular stones that are there. Neither shalt thou go up by steps unto mine altar, that thy nakedness be not uncovered thereon. And then the next one is another verse from uh, Exodus 24, and Moses wrote all the words of Jehovah and rose up early in the morning and built an altar under the mount and 12 pillars. Now keep in mind this, the 12 pillars and under the mount. So under the mount, best we can tell, is right at the bottom of the mountain, okay? Bottom of the mountain, build me an altar and, 12, and then 12 pillars and an altar. And he sent young men of the children of Israel who offered burnt offerings and sacrificed peace offerings of oxen unto Jehovah. The fact that he sent a number of people there means that Probably a pretty big thing, okay? So here's what they found. Now, I do have some questions on this because this is, this is all, as far as I can tell, doesn't look like cut rocks. It's all, you know, just regular rocks, no steps. 
I do have a question in this. How This is in pretty good shape. You would expect those rocks to be scattered or be covered by dirt. Um, and you know, the one thing that I can speculate, I wonder if maybe a Saudi archeologist is doing some work there and found this place. And it is right at the bottom of the mountain. Go ahead and turn to the next page there. This is another picture of it, a little higher up. You can see all this. I mean, that's in pretty good shape. Um, but they said that was, was there. And so it's sort of an L-shaped um, situation. Now, some people might say, well, it could be a building. I would argue against that. Show the next slide. This is showing it from the mountain. This is the, the, uh, the altar from the top of the, uh, the mountain. I can't imagine anyone putting a building there unless there be a boulder just come crashing down upon you. I just think that that would not happen, okay? In my mind, that just doesn't work. Next picture. They also found these round stones. Round stones. Now keep in mind, the, the Israelites probably were very proficient in building. They probably had some uh, stone masons. And so, how do they make pillars? Do they may just make one big pillar? No, what they do is they make a series of round stones, okay? They make a series of round stones and then put them one on top of each other. So could these be part of the pillars that Moses was talking about? Well, you know, it fits the narrative. Let's continue on. Here's another picture of it. I mean, they're pretty well chiseled. I mean, it, they're very, uh, very, very good craftsmanship. And you know, we know that they were builders because they had to build store cities and so good possibility that could be um, one of the pillars. Um, and, and, and it's right next to the altar, so interesting thing. Okay, let's go to the next slide. Okay, Exodus 19, 12 to 13. And what you'll see what I'm doing is I'm working backwards. Okay, we're working backwards from Mount Sinai back to Egypt. And thou shalt set bounds unto the people round about, saying, take heed to yourselves that ye go not up into the mount or touch the border of it, Whosoever toucheth the mouth shall surely be put to death. No hand shall touch him, but he shall surely be stoned or shot through. Whether it be beast or man, he shall not live, and when the trumpet soundeth long, they shall come up to the mount. So there's obviously uh, some distance between the bottom of the mount, which is very defined, and um, what they said, set bounds. Here's what they found. Next picture. They found these rock piles, and I know the, it's fuzzy, but they found these rock piles, and they said, oh, the distance was, I want to say 400 feet, 400 yards. It was, it was some distance apart. So you'd imagine that they, they may have put some sort of a, a fence between this, but every so once in a while they had sort of a, um, and show the next picture. They show another one. They show another pile of rocks there, and see, this is the bottom of the mountain, not that far away. And then one more some scattered rocks. You can see the bottom of the mountain. So there's, there's sort of a buffered area there. So could this be that these are, you know, those, those uh, uh, boundaries, uh, that they set some boundaries there so that the animals and the, the kids would not uh, go beyond it? Um, and that distance seems reasonable. I mean, you know, if you don't want something to approach it, that, uh, that seems like a, a decent distance. Could be. Okay, next, next slide. And he received it at their hand and fashioned it with a graving tool and made it a molten calf. And they said, These are thy gods, O Israel, which brought thee up out of the land of Egypt. And when Aaron saw this, he built an altar before it. And Aaron made proclamation and said, Tomorrow shall be a feast to the Lord. Well, here's what they found. They found this platform here. And you can see this is, this is like a, a Saudi uh, um, military big, uh, base. Uh, I, I wouldn't say a base, it's sort of a, an outpost. 
But this, these are huge rocks. They said these rocks are huge, and it would take an immense amount of manpower to have created it. In addition to that, remember what uh, they, they talked about the golden calf. What are they modeling that after the bull Apis, right? Okay, so here's what they found on the rock. They found some etchings. They found cows, and judging by its appendages, I would say that's a bull, okay? So uh, they found this here, and they said the Bedouins over there typically do not have cattle. They can't support cattle, so they typically have um, goats and sheep, okay? Cattle is not something that the Bedouins, there's just not enough support out there for them. Okay, is this the only one? They found a few more. You can see right here. They found another one, and one more, and they found one right there. So around there, I was surprised that they would have them on there. I would think that if this was the altar of the golden calf, that Moses would have them scratched out. I don't know, uh, but this is, this is something that they found. Next slide. Okay, now we're working backwards. <coughs> so when they came to Mount Sinai, <coughs> see, the one thing that differentiates the traditional Mount Sinai versus this one is that if you adopt this as Mount Sinai, then where they crossed the Red Sea was this, okay? This is what they crossed. If you go to the traditional site, there's a lake that they called, it's a small lake, this, they say this is what they crossed, if it's that traditional site. So this is what um, they say that Moses crossed. But let's work backwards. We're going all the way back, go back one, uh, uh, okay. And they came to Elam, let's go back once more, because I'm gonna point something out. Right here, they call this Prophet Mos Moses Springs. Now, I don't know if that's the current name for it, but that's what uh, Corn Duke and uh, Cornuke and William say. But go ahead and uh, focus in on that. Next slide. And they came to Elam, where there were 12 springs of water and, and 70 palm trees, and they encamped there by the waters. Okay, so what's, what do they have here? They have palm trees, they have springs, and when it says by the waters, I don't think it means by the springs, I think it means by the Red Sea. Okay, so here's what they found. Using Google Earth, there's an area right here, and if you focus in on that, they said that's where the, the springs are. What they said, they found a number of palm trees. These are all palm trees. If you zoom in enough, you'll see that those are palm trees. And they said there's a number of springs in there. And here, I got just enough of it. That is the Red Sea. Okay, so could it be that this is Elam? Okay, it makes sense. Okay, um, going to take away a question mark. I like that. Okay. <laughs> um, now, when you go through the book of Exodus, recall what happened. I'm, I'm calling upon people to uh, go into something you haven't gone into yet. What happened after they left Elam? They were complaining they didn't have meat. Okay, they didn't have meat, and so God gave them quail. All right. Now the quail. Um, Actually, they were given quail two times. They were given quail before they went to Sinai and after they went to Sinai, okay? Now, the passage when they went to, to, the, um, to the Red Sea after Sinai says that they blew a strong east wind over the, the Red Sea and these quail came and they just collapsed on the ground. Well, I assume what happened is that the, the wind caused them to be struggling and struggling and struggling, and finally they just collapsed. Whether they came from a cross, I don't know. But, um, but this fits the narrative. So this would have been just north of here because maybe a, a day's 
journey north of there, there's still a road that um, is real close to the Red Sea, and that could have been where they would have had quail on the way to Sinai. So it fits the narrative. Okay. <clears throat> then, uh, then we're getting to the Red Sea. And Moses stretched out his hand over the sea, and Jehovah caused the sea to go back by a strong east wind all the night and made the sea dry, dry land, and the waters were divided. And the children of Israel went into the midst of the sea upon dry ground, and the waters were a wall unto them on their right hand and on their left. Okay, I think I have a map there next. Okay. Um, you know what? You don't really get an idea. Go to the next one. Let me see. Go back. Go back. Because I, have to, I think it will help explain this. Okay. Right here. Okay. So... What they're saying, now there's two different opinions here. We're talking about, it's interesting, we're not talking about archaeologists, we're talking about amateurs. These guys are amateurs. There's this one guy, Ron Wyatt, who says, no, they didn't cross, this is where they cross. He agrees that this is um, Mount Sinai, but he says, no, 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 they crossed over here. And he says, we found, because he, he, he went scuba diving in there, and he says, we found chariot wheels, and uh, they were of that time period. So, so he says, I believe that they crossed over here. Um, the problem with that is, is that it's about 900 foot deep in there. So it may be. I mean, the Lord could have done that, okay? Um, it's about 900 foot deep in there. Um, I don't know about you, but if I'm an Egyptian and I see a 900 foot wall of water on both sides of me, I'm thinking twice. I don't care what Pharaoh says. I am not going there, okay? I just don't believe it. Um, and so... Uh, and, and Wyatt, you know, people make fun of him. Um, he seems like a bit of a redneck. And it's interesting, about a year ago, a, a satire um, called, called The Onion. Has anyone heard of The Onion? The, the Onion wrote something, and they said, we found chariot wheels. Um, and so thinking that Christians would, oh, yeah, that's the crossing of the Red Sea. And that actually, that's the other part of this, the, uh, the, the branch here, right there. And it was just a, solely a satirical article. There's no truth to it whatsoever. They were just sort of making fun of the Christians, okay? And Ron Wyatt, you know. But Cornuke and Williams, good or bad, said, well, I don't think they crossed there. I said, I think they crossed right here. So this is right at the neck here. So go, go to the next slide there. Keep on going. Okay, what do you, what do you see here? This is, a, this is an actual photo. They, see, they said there is a natural land bridge right here, okay? Now, it says right in here, you see a big pile of stuff. Now, I'm making some assumptions here. They probably wanted to make this ship worthy. My guessing, guess is that they made, did some dredging in there. They did some dredging in there to make a passage to get into the Gulf of Aqaba. So they made a passage here. My guess is they made a passage here. Whether that's true or not, I don't know. But the point of it is they're, they're pretty shallow waters. So they went scuba diving in there. You already saw that photo. And they said, you know how shallow it is? Some of that stuff is waist high. It is waist high. Now, I'm, now, granted, I don't know where they're at. They may be 15 feet offshore, but this is, they're showing a ship out there. But there's a land bridge there, and it's very, very shallow waters. I think maybe they were hoping to look, find some chariot wheels. I don't know, but <clears throat> they went scuba diving. And so that land bridge provides an explanation. So you can imagine. So if there's a wall of water and the wall, and remember, what it said it was there's a strong east wind. So it's not a perfectly east you know, uh, it's sort of a easterly, but it's doable. You figure that, you know, an east wind would probably have to part the waters because if, if it was coming head on, it would hold one side up, but not the other. Does that make sense? So I'm guessing that the east wind had to, had to split the waters. So that fits that narrative pretty, pretty well. So let's go ahead and go to the next one. <clears throat> 
Okay, and Jehovah spake, so, so we're working backwards. We've hit Elam, we've hit the crossing. If this is the crossing, like I said, I can't say that for sure that it is. <coughs> but then this passage is interesting. Can I ask you something? Yes. If it fits narrative and that's so shallow, then when God made the water go back, how would that drown everybody? Well, keep in mind, what, what do military people have? They have a lot of armor on. And it doesn't take much, um, I mean, even during World War II, when the paratroopers landed in the waters, you know, uh, behind the lines of Germany, they drowned in some pretty shallow water because they had so much weight on them. Now, I would also add it was the same situation of soldiers going at the beaches of Normandy. The boats kind of landed uh, in a bit further back than they expected, and when the Marines were trying to get out, the water was so deep, and their gear would just weigh them down so heavily, they'd just sink under the water and drown before they even reached the shore. So anyway, I'm sure parts of it were deeper than other, and uh, so anyway. So here we go. This is interesting. Go back to the last slide one there. So, and, and Jehovah spake unto Moses, saying, Speak unto the children of Israel, that they may turn back and encamp before Pihirath, between Migdal and the sea, before Baal Zephon. Over against it shall ye encamp by the sea. And Pharaoh will say of the children of Israel, They are entangled in the land. The wilderness hath shut them in. And I will harden Pharaoh's heart, and he shall follow after them, and he will get me honor upon Pharaoh and upon all his hosts. And the Egyptians shall know that I am Jehovah. And they did so. So go to the next picture. So here's, here's what's... So they say, assume they've crossed the Red Sea. <clears throat> now, this is my guess of what happened. Okay, so Moses is thinking, well, we're not going to go this way. There's a major highway going across here. So, uh, you know, the cloud passes by that, and, and Moses is thinking, well... Okay, Moses, God must be having us take this road. This is the last road that is going around here. The last road that's going around. So I'm thinking, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not thinking or justifying it, I'm just saying, um, rationalizing whether this story could be true. So Moses is going up this trail, and this is going up the road to the, the Mount Sinai over here. He's going up this road thinking that, okay, this is where we gotta go. And what does the Lord say? No. I want you to go back to that verse. I want you to turn back. I want you to turn back. So they're turning back from the way they came. So my guess is they're turning back on that road, going back down the road. Now go back to the map. They're going back down the road and say, no, I want you to go this way. I want you to go this way. Now there are no roads here. This, this is, you are landlocked over here. So, so Pharaoh says, you mean they're not going this way, they're going this way? They're trapped. They're trapped. I'm going after them, okay? So could be that Pharaoh thought that. And then so he has time enough because they've got a bit of distance to travel there still. And he gets his army together and he's got his chariots and I, I think his troops and coming after the people. And uh, so that fits that narrative because some people have struggled with how does that fit, go back. When you look at the other traditional site, what they do is they actually go south and north and it's sort of contorted. And I don't really like that explanation. So this one seems a little more plausible to me. And uh, I don't know what else I have here. Go ahead. What's the next slide here? Well, I have some other slides. Okay. Um, the other question I had was, how, how far is it from Egypt to that crossing? Well, using what else? Google Earth. It's about 250 miles as the, as the crow cry, uh, flies, okay? He may be crying too, but he's flying. Um, so, so how do you judge rate of speed? You have to rate, judge rate of speed by distance 
and time, right? So we know that they left Egypt the first month, the 14th day of the month, or 15th, because day after Passover. And then it says here, and you shall keep it until the 14th day of the month, when the whole assembly of the congregation shall kill their lambs at twilight. So they left the 15th. Okay, do, the only other date that we have after that, hit that again, is when it hit Elam. So it takes them a month to get from Egypt to over to Elam. And that uh, Elam from the crossing is another, I would say, another 20, 30 miles at least. Okay, so I just did some math. I think I have the math in there roughly. Go ahead, hit that. So 250 miles, hit it again, Matt. Okay, so it's, it's a month when they get to meet Elam. Now it says that they uh, were wandering around Mara about three days. They're probably totally exhausted, is my guess. And then um, it says they left Elam a month later. So they, maybe they stayed in Elam maybe four days. So let me just say 24 days. Uh, so that meant that, that they had to average 10 to 11 miles a day. <clears throat> now keep, keep in mind, that is a lot. That is a lot. You're carrying all your earthly goods and you're going 10 to 11 miles a day, you sort of have to sort that. Can, we, can you imagine that? I mean, when you're backpacking, that's a long ways. Um, <clears throat> now, let me put it in perspective. I didn't put this on here, but uh, the Bible says that what happened. I showed you where Mount Sinai was, and remember where Kadesh Barnea was? Right there, it was, it was way up there. Um, I Googled it, it was about 170 miles, plus or minus. Now, in Deuteronomy, it says, Moses says it takes 11 days to go from uh, Mount Sinai to Kadesh Barnea. 11 days, 170 miles. So that is about 15 to 16 miles a day. Now keep in mind, they, every day they camped, and they probably camped there maybe a couple days, and then, then said, well, we're going to, every, oh, I would guess 11 traveling days, okay? So 10 to 11 days is reasonable to be. Now the other thing that makes sense to me, when they're leaving Egypt, what happens? They have the cloud by day and the pillar of fire by night. They are not, they are traveling day and night, okay? They may take a couple of days rest, or not days, they're not taking, there's only a couple of places they say they encamped, probably those days, and they have their, their unleavened bread uh, from Subway, I guess, the flatbread, and then they're, they're continuing on, they're moving, okay? They're moving because, and I'm guessing that Moses knows that Pharaoh is a person who may change his mind. If you believe in the other traditional site, they're just, my, in terms of my mother-in-law, lollygagging, taking their time. I don't think so. They're moving. They're getting out of Dodge as fast as they can. So they're traveling by day and by night, maybe taking, you know, stopping for five hours to rest and then continuing on. So I think 10 to 11 miles is very doable. And as they said in that article from uh, the Bible, Biblical Archaeological Society, it fits the biblical narrative. So they don't have a problem with it either. So it makes sense, it, it, it is feasible that that is um, a place that they would have crossed. And I think it fits the Bible um, as well. And I think that's all I had there. So this is another picture of, uh, of uh, Mount Sinai. Now when you look at that you think, oh there's a cloud covering it, it must be a shadow. It's actually not a shadow. It is, that's what it looks like. It's dark like that. So you wanna hit the lights there? <clears throat> so what I did, um, I just asked that you would uh, keep the questions till the end. Do you have any questions on this? Or Now uh, keep in mind, here's one thing I wanna say. Will this, will they ever come out and say that this is 
Mount Sinai. Now keep in mind, I think you have a couple of things going on here. There's a lot of political pressure. Uh, you have um, <clears throat> a lot of things to consider. One is, this is in Saudi Arabia. If you said this is Mount Sinai, that would kill the business in Egypt. I mean, that Mount Sinai, St. Catherine's Monastery, why would I go there? It's not the real Mount Sinai. And Egypt's is better friend to Israel than is Saudi Arabia. The other thing is, <coughs> is that these archeologists have egos. This, the, what the article uh, shows is that they have another site in Sinai that they, 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 he thought was Mount Sinai. But the author says, uh, says this, I just read this. This is Anates Tur of the other place in Sinai that he believed was to be Mount Sinai. After Anates tour, a small group of us sat under a tarp to protect us from the sun. I offered Anates some advice. You have found a magnificent, magnificent site. Har Karkom is in effect a site that you discovered and you excavated your life's work. You found th marvelous things. You're a world expert on rock, art, and petroglyphs. This is what you should emphasize is, why not drop the Mount Sinai idea which so few scholars seem to agree with? And this is what he said. Anity was full of energy and confident. I know that I'm right. Many of my colleagues are very slow in thinking. It takes them time, you see. I have a top scientific preparation. I have a degree in archaeology at Hebrew University. I have a master's in prehistory at Hebrew University. I have a master's in anthropology at Harvard University. I have a doctoral degree from Sorbonne in humanistic sciences. I have a postgraduate research at Oxford. I was a professor at Tel Aviv University until I got so bored that I found something else. And can I put in the parentheses? And to, and to accept another place found by a couple of American amateurs is untenable to me, okay? So, the, I mean, it's really undermining some of the archaeology people who spent lifetimes looking for things, and then you have a couple of people going illegally, taking some pictures, and say, I think this is Mount Sinai. Now, now keep in mind, these are not the first people, you know, but they put a video together and, and everything else. The other thing <coughs> is that uh, <coughs> it's near a military installation from Saudi Arabia. Okay. Now, if this was in Jordan, I think, I think Jordan would certainly capitalize on it. I mean, Petra is a huge place, but it's not in Jordan. It's in Saudi Arabia. <clears throat> so will people uh, you know, affirm this? <clears throat> uh, maybe not, but what do I think? I think that on the maps that they show Mount Sinai, I think this place deserves, of all things, a question mark. Okay? They don't even give it a question mark on the other map. So I think it deserves a question mark because I think that they've got enough things there to at least consider it. Some of the, uh, and it's interesting when you, when you read the article, some of the people there, they talk about Jabal, uh, Jabal al-Laz, but they don't want to quite accept it. This is the only really logical mountain that it could be because there's a lot of political and archaeological ramifications. That's my, my amateur uh, perspective on this. So, but this article that I gave you was uh, 2014. It's only a year old, okay? But they, I think what they're essentially saying is we're abandoning Mount Sinai as a possibility, and we are saying Saudi Arabia, I think, is where Mount Sinai is. Kirk? A couple questions. Uh, first off, what's the best piece of evidence or the other Mount Sinai, and the, the 
you know what? Um, that's why I showed that picture of that rock. What they felt like it was, because they, they do say there's a lot of volcanic activity there, but they broke open the rock and they said, we think it's a scorching, which is interesting. I mean, I would think it was volcanic. It would be black all the way through, but they said it was only black about a half inch all the way around. You know, um, I don't know. I'm no geologist, so I, I don't know. <coughs> yeah, right. Well, that, that, that seems to support what Exodus 32 was saying, the reason for the, the calf being built by Aaron is that the people were afraid Moses, having been up on Mount Sinai yes. for 40 days, had been burned up. Yes. Because there was just fire all around. And who knows, maybe Moses was in that cave too. I don't know. You know, But Elijah was in a cave. Was it that cave? I don't know. Maybe there may have been more, more caves if that was Mount Sinai. Okay, I'm still putting a lot of I'm not saying definitively, yes. Yeah, that was an interesting question. Kurt asked the first one, what was the thing, this Mount Sinai before, what was, why did they pick that one? Yeah, why did they originally believe that other than uh, Constance? The original? Yeah, but what, was there any strong... Yeah, well, first of all, let me say, Harcorum, the, the other one that's in this article, was not the, not the other Mount, traditional Mount Sinai. This is even another spot further, further away. It's more where Kadesh Barnea is. And uh, most scholars just say, and what he did is he brought a bunch of uh, people over there. They call it a colloquium. Is that right? Where they, he sort of shows the evidence. And uh, so it's on a military base. They brought them all over there. <coughs> and, the, uh, and the Bible archaeologist says, well, that's a real interesting sign, but we just don't think it's it. Th this is not the original Mount Sinai that, on this paper. They've, they've basically abandoned the original Mount Sinai as believing that that's the true Mount Sinai. What's the best evidence for Mount Sinai is just Constantine's wife, Constantine's mother, said it was it. Um, if you want to read the article, I can send it to you, and you can see what the evidence was here. I don't think, it, see this one is only 2,500 foot high and it's a plateau. That's really all you're left with, you know, in that area. So. Anyone else? <coughs> Well, we'll see what happens, you know, in the next few years, whether they declare that. What I'm saying is that um, when my Jewish friend says, uh, you know what, there's no evidence for, you know, Moses crossing the Red Sea. Um, I'd say, well, you know, nothing solid, but there is some evidence there. And you know what, when you go to Israel, one thing that they do is they are hardcore in their archaeologists. Their archaeologists are their rock stars, okay? Because what happens? They want to verify that this is their land. So when they find a, a site that, that says what's in the Old Testament, it's verifying what the Bible says, and it's giving the people go to re a reason to go to Israel to see that site. I mean, uh, what I found interesting uh, was uh, Shiloh, uh, where they found the tabernacle. Um, it was, uh, the tabernacle was there for about 400 years before they moved it to Jerusalem, <clears throat> and they're just now ready to excavate it. I mean, it took them a while to figure out where Shiloh was. It took them a while to figure out where the, t the tabernacle might be. <clears throat> what they said was they, they knew it was the tabernacle because you have this, this area sort of pointed out on top of this hill, and this, this sort of a, of a gorge on all three sides. Matt, was that a good description? And it's a very narrow area, <clears throat> and it fits the side, that fits the the dimensions of the tabernacle, he says, but this was the clincher. They said, on the hillside, all around, they found pottery, all the way around. Everywhere you could see from the tabernacle, you could see broken pottery. Once you get over the hill, there was nothing, no pottery whatsoever. So everyone wanted to stay in sight of the tabernacle, okay? And so, uh, 
So yeah, archaeology is big over there. But this is not in Israel. You know, the one the article, the, the guy that he was arguing with was in Israel, and he's trying to you know say convince people that it is, but people aren't buying it. So, all right. Well, you know what? I didn't hit record. I didn't figure out how to figure out how to use this, and uh, I don't know if it's recording or not. And so, so you heard the one and only lecture that happened. Yeah, I love maps. You know, give me a map. I mean, one thing I liked about maps is like uh, Paul's missionary journeys. Still picture my mind. Okay, this is the first. This is the second. This is the third. I mean, it just it, you know, puts it in my mind. I love maps. And another reason that I did this is my handwriting is so bad. PowerPoint, you know, is, is very forgiving. So I, I, I just always envied Scott. He has that little finger touching the, the board, and you know, it's very legible. And <coughs> you know, it's like <coughs> I'm not that. Well, let's pray. <coughs>